You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. More important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992. Winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history. 35-2-1. Member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. I think the good news is, is we have competition. I can't tell you that any guy on the depth chart has sort of separated himself in terms of who's the most consistent performers, who's going to give up the fewest plays, who's going to be the best tackler. But we do have really good competition at all those positions. Kyrie Jackson, Eli Ricks battle at um, Kool-Aid and Terry on Arnold battle it. Jacquez Tres Robinson has shown a lot of improvement uh, to be a contributor at, you know, some position. I think Brian Branch could actually play corner if we needed him to. Uh, we do practice him some there. So I, I can't give you any, like, it's a horse race. Who's in the lead? Who's in second? Who's in third? 
That's why we have competition. There you hear it. Nick Saban talking about competition, mostly there at the corners. They got competition every year at every position. But I think he's a little bit concerned at corner because of the lack of depth. And he's also, as he did then, and he wasn't calling out Eli Rick, he earlier, uh, over the summer, kind of pointed out to him, hey, let's take it up a notch. Hey, welcome to the Jay Barker Show. It's Jay Barker, Matt Coulter, along with Lars Anderson. The Bone has arrived. Tony Bone is in the house. Tony Curry, how are you? What's up, dog? How are you? It's fine. Alabama number one, huh? Yep. According to the coaches. Shocker. So who who voted in Texas? What do you think? Uh, might it be Sark? Did he vote for his own team? Could be. Could be. Would you, would uh, the thing about that is they didn't. Uh, they don't make that public until like the last couple of weeks of the year, do they? Could have been another coach so. with a vote. What? I mean, do coaches even do it? It, it was. Oh, always, it, it was always a yes, yeah, I do. Yeah, sports information director. That can get you in trouble too, as it as it once did at Alabama. You remember that, Tony? Oh yeah. And. Oh, yeah. Uh, was it Rutledge voted uh, Alabama tops? And, uh, boy, Wimp didn't like that very much. Well, who was the cat that uh, voted uh, Alabama number one uh, preseason there uh, in 1992? Uh, the guy from the Arizona. Breeze, Frost, something like that. Yeah, he was a brilliant man for it, right? And then he ended up being the grand marshal of the national championship <laughs> parade in 1992. You remember that? <laughs> See, he, I think he's voted the number one ever since, yes. Lars, how are you today? Got the puppy in the house. Got the puppy in the house. Uh, I'm heading back to the Midwest this afternoon, and uh, I was packing last night, and uh, the dog, of course, gets in the suitcase. Yes. And uh, I kept the suitcase open all night, and guess what? The dog slept in the suitcase. And now, when you came in here, Tony, uh, it was like you and the dog, Charlotte, were doing a fashion shoot together yes. because she was posing for you just perfectly. We have, we have got something going on. Yeah, yeah it's a little really strange, good. to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's all good, man. I'm, yeah. like, I'm a good belly rubber. She knows where to get hers. Yeah, she does. She will run right up to you and roll over. That's, that's what I like Here about I her. She's very submissive. I don't have enough uh, things in my life that are like that. All right. Uh, you're listening to The Jay Barker Show, and that's Tony Curry. How are you, man? I'm doing well. I am. Uh, I, I, I I don't like people that complain about being tired because we're all tired. I'm like, just go get take a nap then, go get some more sleep. But I am. I'm exhausted. Uh, it's been a busy day. Uh, was on Fox Six this morning. Yeah, I read about that. Um, did you see it? I did not, Tony. You know, I. I well, whenever up. someone dies, it's in music. Uh, I got up at four thirty. Yeah, they call Tone the Bone. Whenever someone in music dies, it could uh-huh. be anybody. You're the guy. I'm the guy. And so, in all of Alabama, you are the guy. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if You're it's classic rock or not. It's, it's it's anybody. And so, Olivia Newton-John passed away yesterday at the age of seventy-three. God rest did her soul. Really? And so, well, we talked about her. She yeah. did. She did. Um, the amazing wow. thing about uh, Olivia Newton-John, we were trying to figure out what, what is so fascinating about her. And, and the thing that's amazing is uh, on this date, or actually on the date of August first, nineteen eighty-one, uh, MTV uh, came into play forty-one years ago last week. And um, it was the first time that we actually could visually uh, conceive or, or, or feel our music, right? Because, and whenever there was a song 
uh, based on its title or based on the band, you couldn't wait to see what the video is going to look like because you'd go, wow, this is there's going to be a great storyline here, or is it just going to be the band on stage playing you know, to the video, or are they going to try to be artistic like a Michael Jackson did with all his videos? And so seven weeks afterwards, there was a song called Let's Get Physical that came out from Olivia and John. Some people would say that MTV actually started August 1st knowing that video was coming out because by this time, Olivia and John had kind of pushed away her good girl, little good girl out of her little girl next door thing. She started wearing leather pants, and, and she was turning into a little sex kitten. And people were excited, so she was coming out with a song that had the word horizontally in it, and also, of course, Let's Get Physical. And so they couldn't wait for that video. And what did we see? A bunch of fat dudes working out on treadmills. She did exactly what she wanted to do, and that's why we love her. She doesn't need. She's beautiful. She was sexy. She was hot. She was classy. She was gifted. She was talented. She didn't need to expose herself. She was the Alfred Hitchcock of female artists in her day because we didn't need to see the knife go in the chest. Yeah. We didn't need to see the blood in the bottom of the tub. We knew what happened. And so we knew what she was capable of doing. And that's why we love women like her, Julie Andrews, and others who just play to their character, live through it, and do it the right way. And that's why we loved her so much. I got to say, like, she was one of my first crushes. Smoking hot. Just oh, absolutely. Well, I, I remember when in Greece. Yeah. I, I was ten years old, and her role as Sandy in Greece. I mean, she was early Sandy perfect. or late Sandy. We got into uh, it. Mike, Mike Doubley and I was like, "I'm going, I'm going, I'm going first side of Greece." Yeah, like the early the, Greece, 1981. The uh, and remember, her no, but did you like physical. the leather pants, Sandy, or I'm, the early Sandy? I liked all Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, but yeah, I mean, physical. Remember that? Let's get physical. Uh, I don't know, Jay. Just your uh, gosh, and, and you know, it's so sad because she had a, this long battle with breast cancer. She's only seventy three years old. But uh, do you have any? Uh, have you? Did you ever have one any interaction with Olivia Newton John, and and two uh, just memories of her from? Uh, you know, you and I are about the same age. I, I, I assume you remember Greece. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that was, uh, gosh, probably one of my favorite movies, you know, kind of growing up. And then they redid it, which I hated that. Um, but um, she was so talented. And, and I remember when she hit MTV. And, I mean, at that time, I mean, you're lucky to have MTV. If you had that many channels, if cable had hit your neighborhood at that particular time. So um, just, um, yeah, an icon uh, in the music business and just, you know, beautiful and, um, you know, a, a lot of she always was able to carry herself in a classy, you know, kind of sexy way, but always seemed to be classy and seemed to be the girl next door, seemed to be, you know, uh, somebody that I don't I don't know. She just carried herself in such a way that's different than what we see in a lot of the rock stars today. But uh, what was the other, the other movie that I think her and um, Travolta did together? Was it Two of a Kind or something like two, that? Or two of a Kind. kind. Two yeah, of a kind, two of yeah. a kind, yeah. two of a kind, yeah. and then uh, which was kind of a flop, but it had a couple of hits on the uh, soundtrack, and of course she also did Xanadu, which is Xanadu. probably the worst yes, movie yeah. ever made. But it is a cult classic. I yeah. mean, people it love is. Xanadu right now. It's one of those movies like Rocky Horror Picture Show. That movie was horrible when it came out. And now it's a cult classic. People can't get enough of it. So, um, yeah, she was she was something really special. And there's not a lot of women like her. You know, there's not a lot of women. Yeah. You know, I just saw Beyonce. She released her new album, and there she is in all of her glory uh, with basically, she's basically naked. And I'm like, and I know it sells records, and I know people want to click on it, and they want to see her, and she's beautiful, and I get that. But I'm just like, why? Why do we always have to go that, that type of exposure? Your music 
stands the test of time, and hers did, and she mm-hmm. did it right. She did it uh, classy, and and she, you know, to to to, to your point, Jay, at seventy three, she was still just striking. I mean, she's beautiful. Yeah, she's beautiful. And, uh, and a little songbird of a voice. I think and, that's oh, kind of underrated because I mean, she could really, really. I mean, she, she wasn't out there because she looked good. No. She was out there because she could sing. She, she won sing. four Grammys, first woman to win favorite female pop vocalist four times. That stood as a record until Whitney Whitney Houston tied it in nineteen ninety three. You know, Whitney Houston would have turned fifty nine today. Oh man, she died ten years ago. That's hard to believe. That is really hard wow. to believe. Ten years ago, Whitney Houston passed away. She's fifty nine today. All right, guys, welcome into the show. Jay, take us a break and uh, also uh, make everybody aware what they should be doing this weekend. Yeah, first of all, I was screaming it earlier in the show, but y'all couldn't hear me. Uh, Corky Simpson was who you're trying to think about, the guy who uh, took us to number one from the very beginning. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're presented by uh, Top Golf in Birmingham. Yeah, the Top Golf went out there last night with Sarah Ashley and Andrew, had a blast, and you'll love it as well. All the food, the fun, uh, the drinks, everything you'll love with your coworkers, family, and friends. We call it the bowling of this generation. That's Top Golf in Birmingham. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go by see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. All right, uh, Tony Curry continues with Tony on Tuesdays and Tony Curry Radio Network. Stay with us live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partially sunny, scattered showers and storms around through early tonight. The high today, 90. Tonight's low, 72. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms during the day. The high tomorrow at 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 85 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You know, again, having just arrived here in January, learning the system, he's a very bright guy. He's a very talented guy, in addition to the other guys that are there, right? So Jace and Roy, uh, Trey Sanders, all of those guys played important roles last year. Jace and Roy, before they got injured, Trey, you know, late in the year, played an important role for us. Um, so the, the, the mixture of all of those guys at that position is, is very, very good. We have to do a good job as a coaching staff. Uh, that's another coach, Coach Gillespie, that does a great job coaching that position. And, and we have to do a great job of making sure, you know, we're doing things that suit their skill sets because they're all a little bit different. But that's, like I said before, that's really a good thing for our offense. Out of my coach Bill O'Brien, offensive coordinator, of course, was talking about uh, his running backs, uh, his running back room, and and he's got a lot coming back on offense. If the wide receivers pan out, which I certainly believe that's going to happen, and if the O line steps up, that would be the question mark for me. I think once they get to the uh, wide receivers in the wide receiver room, there's just too much talent. You know that we had a couple of guys last year on Alabama's roster that just didn't step up. Um, there's a lot of talent in that room, and Jake. I just I have to believe, especially with the two transfers, with um, Harold and um, guy from Georgia, uh, they're get, somebody's going to step up, and you got a few returning guys too. 
early on in camp. Uh, Jermaine Burton is an excellent receiver and had a you know great career at Georgia. And again, we talked about this when he transferred. Is that you know he has an actual chance of winning back-to-back national championships and uh, with two different teams, which I don't think that's ever been done. And it may be uh, you know a chance to play again in an SEC title against the team that he played for last year. Uh, if Georgia is uh, able to be you know able to step up and and continue to be consistent at the top of the mountain. So uh, you, you got Ja'Cory Brooks, who really turned it on last year, made that great catch against Auburn, made other great catches throughout the year. Uh, yes, the depth issue uh, I think is really good. It's just now about experience. Uh, they've got some great receivers. they got great speed. Uh, I think the biggest thing for them, again, you know, JoJo Earl, that guy that everybody kind of thought was going to be the next kind of waddle that would be in the slot, a lot of talent, and, again, just lack of experience. So we had guys last year that had a chance to step in step up there, especially the national championship game, and, and didn't do it. Uh, they weren't prepared. They weren't ready. Those guys are gone now. They've chosen different places. Some of them left, got there, left again, or got kicked away. Uh, so I think they're in a better place inside the room just from a chemistry standpoint. But I also think, too, that whether it's Harold, Jermaine Burton, whether it's uh, Jameer Gibbs coming out of the backfield, the transfer from Georgia Tech at running back, they've got a lot more and Latu at tight end, a lot more experience for him after coming from the defense side of the football to a tight end, really had an excellent year last year, becoming a better blocker, a better receiver as well downfield. I think he could be a real threat for Alabama's offense. Yeah, and one player who I think really could emerge this year is uh, Ja'Cory Brooks, right? You know, We know he came on in the Iron Bowl, had that really uh, crucial touchdown catch, and then uh, when the receivers were depleted due to injury in the national championship game, uh, he played really well, uh, catching six passes for 47 yards. Uh, he's got good size, 6'2", 196. And, uh, you know, with, with, with Tyler Harrell, you uh, expect him to stretch the field vertically. Uh, I, I think Brooks really uh, could emerge, like I said, as, as a player that uh, we'll be talking about at midseason as, as one of the top wide receivers in the conference. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's the I, – I, I think uh, the, uh, the wide receiver crew and <clears throat> offensive line are the two biggest questions, but – one thing there's not a question about, and that is, uh, boy, Dallas Turner and Will Anderson. And I, I just, Tony, I, I just think those two have a chance to be as special as any two edge rushers, certainly of the Saban era. And I, I haven't been around much longer than the Saban era. So uh, I don't know if there's a, a more apt comparison if you go back uh, throughout history, but those two right now, just they look like the, the, the top two edge rushers not just in the SEC, but perhaps even in the country. Yeah, got them covered from both sides. Don't you? I mean, there's going to be some quarterbacks that are in some trouble. And it's interesting because, you know, as as uh, elusive as Bryce Young has been as a quarterback and how good that, that offense has certainly been over the last uh, few years, um, th- this is this is not your 92 national championship type of uh, football team. Now, you can win on both sides of the ball, and, and obviously whenever the defense is lights out fantastic, and, and certainly uh, with what they got coming back, they should be. Uh, I think a lot of Alabama fans, they love that great defense. And if they can put up 50 a game, that's great. Um, they don't like to get in shootouts uh, because in shootouts you could lose. But, yeah, defensively speaking, it, it looks like they're, they're pretty stocked. Colin, i got to call you down here a little bit on behalf of my buddy Jay. What yeah. are you talking about with the 92 thing? Well, it, it, 92 is a national championship, so it doesn't really matter how they got it done. No, but you were indicating that it was a one-sided affair. 
Uh, no, no, it's no, never no. it's never one side. I, it was just I heard that, wrong. It was just that that we've been saying forever that defense wins championships, uh-huh. and now we're finding out that it's not necessarily defense wins championships. But it sure as hell is nice to have a really really good defense, and if you can put up fifty, that's great. And Jay knew how to do that. They put up thirty four in that game by running the ball down their throat. No offense to Jay, but he knew it, and that's that was the game plan Jay going did in. Whatever wasn't it? Jay did, exactly what he needed to do to win a win a title, and he's got a ring to prove it. That's what makes that's what makes a great, great quarterback. Yeah, let's hey, not kid ourselves. That team was uh, no. I, I'm here. Yeah, now let's not kid ourselves. I mean, that defense was unbelievable. One of the best defenses all time in Alabama history, and um, you know, just a different era at that time. Playing for a coach that um, you know, again, when Homer came in, it was just totally different. We opened it up, and things we did things differently on de- on offense, and also because our defense wasn't as good as they were in '91 and '92. Um, 93 and 94, uh, it was just a little bit different. 93, we had injuries. I think we would have been ju- probably just good on defense uh, that year or close to it. But that 92 defense, I mean, you got to remember, they had well, probably, I guess, we had 10 guys that went to the NFL that got drafted off that one defense. Uh, Chris Donnelly would have gotten drafted. He had knee issues. So, um, yeah, I mean, talented, talented uh, defense. And I was blessed to have them on the other side. Everybody always asked me, who's the best defense you went up against uh, that year, and I'd say the one I go against every day in practice because they were un- unbelievable. And, um, you know, and, and that was the philosophy was play to our defense, play field position, run the football, make the plays we had to make in the passing game, get big plays and, and, and explosive plays of David Palmer with uh, Kevin Lee, with Prince Wembley and other guys, and then let Derek and Sherman and Martin Houston and all those guys do the work from the backfield. And the offensive line was just amazing. I got back and watched them, how athletic they were. They weren't given a lot of credit back. Uh, when that, you know, even all the way through the nineties, they were a little bit, you know, smaller guys than they are. Well, a lot smaller than they are now, but, uh, just athletic, talented, um, you know, gave me the protection I needed. We played well as a team and, and, um, it was, that was a great year. Hard to believe we're celebrating 30 year anniversary coming up, um, in October. We'll be celebrating that. I think it's the Mississippi State game, uh, that that'll be happening. So excited about that and seeing all the guys again. What's crazy is, I mean, you just don't see conservative play calling anymore on either side of the ball. I mean, you just don't. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and Gene Stallings obviously a very conservative guy. I know a lot of people that love to, for entertainment purposes, only like to put some money on some bets. <laughs> he would be the first one that would run the ball right into the line, knowing that he's a foot short of scoring another touchdown and, and covering the spread. He did it like six times, I think, in that night two season. I was like, I was on both. I was on both sides of a lot of those games. A lot of people hated Gene Stallings because he would not push the envelope, being up by three with a minute and a half left, and you're a foot from the from the from the goal line but i mean you just don't ever see coaches anymore at all uh be conservative you allow your assistants to do what they do best and certainly you've seen it with alabama i i i would venture to guess that 15 years ago uh the idea of an alabama squad averaging 47 points a ball game would be so high out of your brain and now it's 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 almost a given that that's what's going to happen and tony i think that's why coach saban got there when Coach Saban got there is why Alabama fans were so excited because of the t- style of play that he played. It was hard-nosed. It was a mm-hmm. big defense. It was tough. It was you're not going to you know beat us uh, running the football. We'll stop you. We're going to make you one-dimensional. Uh, we're going to run the ball down your throat. We're going to, you know, as he talked about, um, and, and, I, and I won't say the words from a famous speech that he said, but, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, drive there in the ground. And, and you know, he was talking about LSU before that pregame. But, you know, it's one of those things where, it evolved, and and as as Bryant did in, in the sixties and seventies, where you know it went from a uh, kind of a drop back pass and running and stuff. He went to the oh. 
did the same thing. He, he made the adjustments and was able to uh, do the things that, uh, you know, able to get the receivers. I mean, you know, Alabama, which I saw USC just got listed as uh, uh, wide receiver U. Alabama should be listed as wide receiver U based on the guys who've gone to the first round over the last few years and the numbers they put up on that offense side of the football. Uh, but uh, Alabama owns a lot of those positions on that particular list. But just a, you know, great thing uh, that Coach Saban was able to adjust, bring the right coaches in. And, and to be honest, Lane Kiffin was a huge part of that. Did uh, Stallings, or uh, in the case whether it be Mal Moore or uh, any other offensive coordinator that you had there, Homer Smith, did they actively talk about what happens when you're up by more than a touchdown and the clock's winding down? Did they say, take a knee? Uh, it was, yeah, I mean, more or less, uh, we'd go into what was called four-minute offense. I think sometimes with Coach Stallings, we went into what's called 10-minute offense. <laughs> Ten minutes left in the game, three points up, we're going to – we're going to run the clock out, run the football, play defense, and they're going to score against us. But, um, hey, it won a games. Uh, Coach Stallings won 70 games doing that. I, I was 45-5-1 as a senior, 35-2-1 as a quarterback. So we, we what we did may not have been pretty at times, may not have been what the fans wanted at times, but guess what? They got to celebrate wins. And national championship in 90. Yep. Yeah. You're listening to the Jay Barker Show. When we come back, uh, Lars and Tony, myself, and all in the studio. Andrew is in again in uh, the uh, future retirement of one hell of an athlete. You're listening to the Jay Barker Show live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for high food treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, audio video excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. You came when I was happy. Olivia could also go on a lot of directions, huh? A little bit country here. Yeah, she got a lot of flack. Uh, Jay could probably expound a little bit on this. She got a lot of flack when she kind of left the country genre to go more mainstream. And that, back in those days, in the mid to late 70s, early 80s, was kind of unheard of. You know, you, you had some crossover hits, but not a whole lot. You were the See how one well it went over with Charlie Rich and John Denver. Yeah, I mean, and you know, she uh, she actually sang back up on the Fly Away from uh, John Denver. Uh, oh, wow. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, she got she got no credit for it, but she actually sang backup vocals in that. So yeah, but uh, then you got Shania Twain who said, you know what, I'm going to do a CHR album and I'm going to do a country album. I'm going to do the same songs. I'm just going to add a little more twang to the side and let it rip. So yeah, after uh, and maybe one more if she wins the U.S. Open. But after uh, 23, 23 Grand Slam titles, Serena Williams has announced her retirement at the end of the U.S. Open, which is coming up at the end of this month, the beginning of September. Um, I don't think there's ever been a more powerful, talented tennis player. And with all due respect to, to Martina uh, and to Chris Everett, who I love. Um, Lars, I don't know if there's been a better. Maybe the second best is her sister. I think uh, she's the most influential tennis player, male or female, of all time. And, uh, man, my literary agent, I think I talked to you guys about this. He really wanted me to do a deep dive book on Serena. But um, it is she has got 
like walls and walls and walls around her. And even if I wanted to, uh, you know, go on tour, right, and and go to a couple different events, I don't even think they would credential me because uh, I was there. I would be there just to do a book on Serena, and Serena has so much influence over that, and she just doesn't. She doesn't want that. She doesn't want anybody sort of uh, looking into her life, and I, I certainly can understand that. And uh, I didn't want to uh, be a miserable person for three years and try to uh, actually unlock the secrets to Serena. But you just look at, at, at one, Tony, her talent, uh, where she came from, uh, and, and one amazing t- statistic, her and Venus, when they played together in majors, uh, doubles, 14 and 0 in finals. Mm-hmm. 14 and 0. Uh but uh do do you disagree with what I'm saying of I, how I think male or female the most influential tennis player of all time. No, I think that's the the best way to put it influential. When you're talking about the age of 40 still highly competitive. We saw what she did at Wimbledon getting up 4-0 in the tiebreaker and then of course losing that heartbreaker knowing that she probably could be the mother of half the field in any any tennis tournament she plays in based on her age is pretty flippin' amazing. Uh, no, she's she's unbelievable. She is, uh, and, and and what she's done for the sport, she's she looks different. She plays different. Her power was different. She just did everything different, and and she deserves every accolade that'll ever come her way. And at the age of forty, good for her that she gets to hang it up, and now she's got a second life. Yeah, I mean, and she called that. Uh, it was really interesting. She was so eloquent in a, in a press conference the other day, saying like. Ah, I'm going toward the light finally, and not. And, and the reporters in the room thought that, yeah, you know, the light of retirement. But she's just, she called it the light of freedom, mm-hmm. <laughs> because you know what it takes. I mean, we all have a sense of what it takes to be uh, an upper echelon uh, committed athlete, and uh, and you've got to think like even after having a baby, like how hard it would be to maintain just the physical. Uh, 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 stamina and uh, it, it just uh, to be that elite player. But if you had to do, then the, the, say, not, let's the, say the, yeah. the last fifty years, just really yeah. quick, mm-hmm. uh, who would be like your four athletes on your sort of uh, Mount Olympus here? Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Mount Olympus. Mount Rushmore. Of 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 what? Based on what? Influence. Just based or? on I say uh-huh. influence slash impact. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's that's something that we can't just come off the top of our heads with. But, I mean, certainly Tom Brady would have to be in the mix. I would put Peter Edward Rose, who's back in the news again, by the way. Babe, it's 55 years ago, get over it. But just as far as him being the all-time hit leader, because that's a record that will never be broken. I think I'd have to put Serena in there. Um, Jordan. Muhammad Ali. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't, you couldn't Ali. just do four. I mean, you really yeah, It'd couldn't. have to be about ten. You'd have to probably go get Mount Olympus yeah. just to add You'd need some more granite, yeah. yeah. You probably would. <laughs> it would. It would probably be about 13 or 14 different uh, individuals up on that rock. But, yeah. Hey, just, we didn't, well, did you give an arrow? If you did, um, just all just time. Last, I mean, Jackie last, Robinson last, would probably have to be the, the lead. I was just going to say last 50 years. Okay. Well, he wouldn't be included there. Jay? Tiger Woods. Yeah, right. Roger Federer would definitely be in there if we're talking tennis. Uh, the amount of championships he's won and just um, – I, I think he surpassed Tiger Woods at one point now off the field as far – I mean, off the uh, court and off the uh, uh, the uh, course as far as the payments they've made in sponsorships. I, I don't know if you guys saw the movie King Richard, but I thought Will Smith did a great job in that movie and talking about uh, how their dad coached them and really managed them all the way up to – and I had a different opinion of him actually from watching him – 
uh, whether it be at tennis tournaments or watching on, on um, in the press and some of the interviews and stuff and watching kind of how he was with his family, where he came from, where they came from. And uh, Venus was really the, the, the point of that of that family as far as tennis. But they had a, uh, a lot of uh, siblings and all those siblings went on to be very successful. I think lawyers and doctors and uh, just really a, a very competitive family. Um, and Venus was, you know, doing her thing, winning championships at an early age in, the, in these junior tournaments. And they had to make some big choices about where they're going to move uh, to Florida and, and be a part of IMG and be a part of those type of, uh, of camps and things that they needed to do in order to get the ability to play in certain tournaments. Uh, Serena had to sit back and wait. And during that waiting period of time, she would sneak away and go play in these tournaments and, and play in the, and all of a sudden they realized, oh my gosh, our, our little girls, she's actually winning tournaments too and, uh, and doing the things that she needs to do to be successful. It's a great story, a uh, great movie as well. And really uh, shows the love that they had towards their father, the respect they had for him and the love that he had for them, the sacrifices that um, Richard and his wife made for their, not just their two tennis daughters, but for all their daughters who were very successful in life. Do, do you look at athletes based on, on on how competitive it was in their sport at that time? And what I mean by that is when you look at guys, you mentioned Roger Federer, I think of Nadal, and I think about Djokovic. I, I couldn't tell you which one of those three right now has the most majors. I know they're all within a couple, but when you're talking mm-hmm. about three guys who at any given time could end up being the all-time leader if with a couple more majors, but there was Venus, and it, it seems like Venus, even Martina Navratilova and Chrissy Everett, who, who obviously were great in their time, I don't think they even hold a candle to what Venus did. On, on the tennis court, I really don't. I mean, actually, Nadal has twenty two, Jokovic has twenty one, Federer twenty. So I mean, I, wow! I, I, mean, I, 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 I mean, when you're talking about all three of those guys still playing, I, I, I can't definitively say any of those guys is the best because they're all incredible. But Venus just held her own for so long. It didn't matter who came up against her. She knocked them down. She was unbelievable. And you can make an argument that the best matches were always against her sister. Yeah. And I, I was yeah. just thinking of that because they some got some criticism because it was almost like, well, are they really trying their hardest? Mm-hmm. And I think it was usually Venus who didn't want to beat Serena because she's the, the big sister. Head-to-head, uh, they uh, Serena led the, the head-to-head matchup 19-12. to 12. But there were some. It was that close. Okay, well, that, that's closer than yeah. I thought it was. So they be, played yeah. 31 times in professional tournaments, and uh, a few times in the finals of Grand Slams, Jay. And uh, you could tell it was just awkward for them because they love each other so much. They didn't want, and they know how much the other one wants to win. They didn't want to hurt the feelings of of, of the other one, and also Jay. If you got to, I, I know you remember this. When Venus was younger, we all thought that she was going to be the greatest right. of all time. And then yeah. suddenly Serena t- overtakes her. And uh, I-, I don't think we it, many of us saw that coming, uh, the fact that Serena would go on to become the greatest female player of all time over Venus. Yeah, I think Venus was kind of the uh, – she looked the part, you know, as far as she had the body, she had the build, she had the, the finesse that you saw – with a lot of the women's tennis players, and all of a sudden Serena comes on, and she is just a dominant physical presence on the court and was intimidating, I think, because of that and her serves and just her ability to just hit balls at a, at a pace that a lot of the girls had not never seen before and her ability to move on the court and be just so athletic. Uh, she changed not only the, 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 the way that um, 
the game was played, but just the way the look of the game was played for the girls, and that you could be uh, somebody that had to be the um, you know Chrissy Everett. Um, you know, she was more of the Martina Navratilova type player that could you know really be dominant physically and athletically on the court. I love tennis. I, I love playing it, and I, and I love watching her play it because she's so competitive. But um, yeah, hard to believe that she may be giving it up. Well, I guess we're gonna let you go. I'll come back on Friday, see you guys. Friday's Friday. What's the, what's the latest with Tony Curry Radio? I'll fill you in on Friday. We got some really cool stuff coming up. I'm gonna know now. Uh, we're gonna oh. come up with the Tony Curry Yacht Rock weekends. We're starting next weekend. Oh, so in other words, you've just signed an agreement with Christopher Cross. There we go. <laughs> you bought a yacht. Uh, yeah. We'll be back. Jay, Jay, Jay Barker is my yeah, first guest. Yeah, there you go. Yes. <laughs> Jay said you bought a yacht. Yeah, Whatever that's where you want to go. Boat, Jay Bird. I love you. All right. Love back. you, bro. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partially sunny, scattered showers and storms around through early tonight. The high today, 90. Tonight's low, 72. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms during the day. The high tomorrow at 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 85 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Certainly appreciated her music, but um, and respect her. I don't ever remember going to the album store and going, "Hey, I, I need the Olivia Newton John." Did you ever buy an Olivia Newton John album? No. Jay, did did you pack the shelves? And this is in no way to demean her. It's not a real guy's buy, was it? I was too young. Oh, uh, really? I when, guess when Jay I was could, was like Jay could bleed that too. nine or ten. But um. Yeah, Jay, did uh, did Wimp Sanderson ever tell you his Olivia Newton-John story? Go ahead. I think I'm having some issues with you. Oh, uh, there, there, there's some computer work being going on. So, uh, Wimp Sanderson loved Olivia Newton-John. I mean, and it's odd that I think she passed on his birthday. But she had played a concert at uh, Coleman. This is years and years and years ago. Like in the eighties when he had first become a head coach, and he wanted he went and see, her, but he wanted to meet her. And you know he was head coach at Alabama. They were going to make arrangements for that. Well, it didn't happen. Um, really, should just call him and get him on to tell the story. So I'll, I'll I'll give the Cliff Notes version of it. But he found out that she'd already left and was headed to the Tuscaloosa airport. He got in his car. Oh wow! He drove out there. Of course, this is before nine eleven, and the restrictions were not nearly what they are today. But he drove out there, kind of banged on the fence to let him drive through as she was boarding her private jet. And he went running across the tarmac going, Olivia John, Olivia John. Oh, oh, yeah, we were supposed to meet. He said she was just dynamite. That is the greatest Wim Sanderson story because I can see that. Can you see Wimp in his plaid jacket? Yeah, in his plaid jacket. Running across. Anyway, uh, what a remarkable guy. (laughs) 
Anyway, Jay, I don't know if he ever told you that story or even actually if he can hear me now. <laughs> I got you now. Yeah. The, um, no, I never heard that story from him, but it doesn't put, doesn't uh, surprise me that Wimp would uh, chase after and make sure that he had a chance to meet her or, uh, see her at that time. But, uh, he always has so many, so many great stories. Yeah. Um, so guys, today's a, a big day for, uh, John Talty, our, our friend at AL.com. It's, it's, it's a publication day, uh, pub day, as we call it. Uh, and it's for uh, his book called The Leadership Secrets of Nick Saban, How Alabama's Coach Became the Greatest Ever, uh, published by Matt Holt Books. And uh, it's John's first book. And uh, and, and uh, in speaking with John, I know that, uh, um, you know, he just wanted to get to the core of what makes Nick Saban tick. And. You know, I personally have written two books on Coach Saban, and I, I still think there is uh, plenty of uh, uh, space out there for for more. Just because he's such a complex guy and and uh, so successful, and uh, I firmly believe that uh, he, if he had gone into business, Jay or uh, any any venture. Uh, he would have been immensely successful and and we're gonna have John on hopefully next week uh, to talk about his book because he was really able to uncover some uh, very interesting stories about coach Saban uh, that uh, haven't been uh, sort of haven't seen the the light of day yet but um, I, I don't know Jay like what's if you could I mean, your son played for Coach Saban. You've known Nick Saban for a long time. Uh, he, your son is now coaching with Nick Saban. What what is uh, like one or two? Just if you were to just you know write them down real quick, one or two of Coach Saban's secrets to success. Probably focus, discipline, um, purpose. Everything is. I mean, everything has a purpose. Every meeting every minute, every second of the day. Um, I would say that he's also uh, a creature of habit. Um, he's not going to change up. He wants things to be done the same way. He wears that New York T-shirt, every the Yankees T-shirt, every year with a freshman on the boat. Uh, he has the same routine every single day, the same lunch every single day. Um, if it works, he doesn't change it. And he expects a lot out of his coaches, his, his staff. He works long hours. He expects them to work long hours, to show up early, to leave late. Um, and he expects a lot out of his players, but he's definitely a big time players coach. Um, you know, and I know a lot of uh, people look at that and watch him on the sidelines and stuff, but he's really is what coach Bryant used to talk about is coaching up his coaches. So his coaches could then coach the players and he's tougher on them than he is on the players at times. And I, the one thing too, I like about coach Saban is he is a coach of second chances that he does not put out there a lot of the laundry that, uh, or, or dirty laundry that maybe hits the team whether it be inside the locker room or outside the locker room in public, he tries to keep it in-house and let the people that he trusts uh, do the work and help these guys either get a second chance to come back to Alabama or helps them find somewhere else where they can go play and hopefully whether make it to the next level in the NFL, but more importantly, make it in life. And I think that's what's been really cool about him and watching him. He hasn't only done that with players. He's done it with coaches as well. Uh, at times when maybe the press or the, or the public didn't understand why, uh, he was um, allowing or, or letting somebody stay on the staff or, or, or players stay on the team. Uh, it ends up working out, and it's worked out very well for a lot of those guys who've gone on and 
gotten the help they needed in order to be successful, again, not just on the field or as coaches, but as people, uh, as husbands, as fathers. And uh, I think that's a huge testament to him is that he's cared as much about that as he has about what's going on in the field. He wants his, his guys to graduate. He wants to see them go into what is now $1.7 or $1.9 billion in money that guys have made in the NFL. So, you know, look, you asked me for a couple. I gave you a ton. Um, the most impressive coach I've ever been, most impressive coach I've ever been around and the most successful coach uh, in college football history. And, um, you know, his track record, his ability to recruit, his ability to close in the recruiting process, win the moms, win the dads over. And, and I think, you know, just his work ethic. I mean, when he first arrived, Matt and, and Lars, you both remember at LSU, I mean, coaches were scrambling. I've told the story many times. Dabo was an assistant at Alabama. We would meet for lunch and, we would sit and talk, whether it was down in Tuscaloosa or in Birmingham. And he said, man, this is new guy, Nick Saban. He said, this guy is on the recruiting trail all the time. We normally have May off. He's out recruiting. We normally have some part of June before camp start to go do this. He's out recruiting. And that's when the bump rule was, uh, was, rule was in, uh, in, uh, put in place. Uh, a lot of the recruiting rules that we see today were because of Coach Saban's uh, just relentless uh, pursuit of these athletes. And he, he never, I mean, his, he loves what he does. And even in his downtime on a plane, if he's driving private or whatever else, he's watching film, watching recruits, or looking, breaking down film in order to get ready for the year ahead and just has a great plan for everything that he does. Yeah, and and Matt, I I would just say that there really are no big-time secrets. It can be distilled into two words, hard work. I I agree with you 100%. And as I sit and listen to you and Jay talk about it, and certainly I'm dating myself, but three words come to mind. One name, Paul William Bryant. All of what you guys just discussed right there with me. So anyway, hey, that's the first hour. Next hour from the Tuscaloosa News, we'll be joined by Nick Kelly and also Alex Bauman. We'll be with us for his AAA and also a report from the UAB Fall Camp. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for high food treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.com. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces of all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa. And they came over, and man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family, do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. 
I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamer. It's a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan dot letter C letter O. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight.
Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. It is indeed the Jay Barker Show with Jay and Matt and Lars and Alex and Andrew and Charlotte. So, uh, usual cast of characters is here. Welcome into the program. Uh, guys, I want to start by asking you a question. I'm not blindsiding you, and it's not one that you're going to have to do a deep dive on. But I just want you to put yourself in the shoe of somebody that lives in Flagstaff. And every day you get online, it's... Alabama's the number one pick according to the coaches poll. Alabama's the number one when it comes to what is it recently they did these polls where you're either quarterback you or running back you. Mm-hmm. Alabama's running back you. Uh, today I'm looking at this story online. Uh, the Las Vegas national title odds. Well, get, guess who uh, is the odds on favor to win the national championship? Real tied. All right. Jay, you're sitting in Flagstaff. Are you just about tired of this? Uh,. Take away Man, the I fact you that what. you're a national championship winning quarterback and you yeah, went to exactly. school there. Yeah. Try and divide yourself. I'll try. You know, the thing about it is uh, when you look at um, as far as if you're in Flagstaff, you're probably pretty happy, number one, uh, because that's not a bad area to live. Uh, but, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's year after year. Alabama, the number of times they've been ranked number one in the AP, the coaches poll since Coach Saban has been there, it's just been amazing, um, you know, record setting. And, you know, it's, it, they've got the talent. They reload. They go out and recruit. They develop the players. They have a history of guys heading into the NFL. Uh, they have a great story to tell. And, you know, Coach Saban, who a lot of people thought was only going to be there for, what, three to five years? I thought that. I mean, I thought he was going to keep moving on um, and uh, really just dug deep in uh, at Alabama and um, realized that this was the place that he could accomplish everything that he wanted to accomplish and will walk away from it being the winningest uh, – or the greatest, maybe not the winningest, but the greatest uh, coach of all time as far as uh, when it comes to championships and when it comes to what he's done in this period of time. It's just been absolutely amazing. To know that every recruiting class has walked away since he got there with a national championship ring, that is something that I don't know if any coach can say that over the history of college football. Yeah, my brother just sent me a text, and it has the uh, picture of the coach's poll, and he said – we, Nebraska, are currently ranked behind Texas San Antonio. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, so a uh, little bit of the opposite end of the spectrum of uh, Alabama, just absolutely dominating everything. Um, one story that caught my eye earlier today, Jay, and that's on uh, Trayvon Diggs, uh, the cornerback for the uh, Dallas Cowboys and just had, uh, I mean, statistically had an amazing year last year. He picked off 11, had 11 interceptions. That was the most in one season in the NFL in 40 years. 
returned two for touchdowns. Uh, in uh, he also led the league in pass deflections uh, with twenty one. Um, but, but. Uh, there's been a lot of like social media critics coming out because he actually he gave up more passing yards on in coverage than any other NFL player, according to Pro ProFootballReference.com. dot com. And and again, Diggs is always uh, I, I never thought he sort of reached his potential at Alabama. Uh, and we know his brother, Stefan Diggs, uh, just an incredible wide receiver. Uh, he completely changed the Buffalo Bills around once the Bills traded for him from the Vikings. But what, what do you think, what, what do you make uh, of Trayvon Diggs? Because um, he, he's such a polarizing player in the NFL, and uh, he's about to be paid, I think, a really healthy amount of money. But it's almost like he's an all-or-nothing player. Right, meaning that uh, he can get the interception, and and again he picked off eleven this last year. That hasn't happened in over forty years. Led the league in deflections, but then he also gave up more passing yards and coverage than any other player. So I, I, I guess I really don't have a, a perfect question for you, Jay. But I, I'm just wondering: would opposing quarterbacks, when they look at him? You think they're saying, okay, we want to attack Diggs this Sunday? Yeah, I, I think the other guy that I would say that maybe kind of reminds me of him at times would be Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders was a kind of risk it guy. He would risk it, and the guys would actually um, you know, catch the ball and, and get big yardage off of those plays. But yet when he made the interceptions or made the big plays, um, you know, Deion became a legend for that. And his athleticism and you know, Trayvon's the same way. I think Trayvon is, is a gambler. I think he goes after and tries to whether he gets tips or interceptions. Uh, he's trying to stay close to receiver and he's going to lose some of those battles. Uh, it's, it's to me outside of playing quarterback. And I don't mean that because I was one, but because you got to be able to know what all the 11 guys yourself or 10 guys on, on offense, 11 on defense, everybody's doing it one time. You got to understand that and decipher so much information. The cornerback position is like the quarterback position. You got to have a short memory. And you got to let things go and, and not worry about it. I thought it was interesting too recently, and I saw uh, Josh posted this earlier, and I saw it earlier as well, that he has decided that he's had enough with Twitter. He's, he said it's toxic. He said this on Monday yeah. via Rob Phillips of the team website. said, I used to be on Twitter a lot, but I'm in camp trying to focus and trying to lock in and just be better every day. He said the final straw, or people think the final straw, came in a pair of practice videos posted on social media. And I saw these uh, where he was getting beat by uh, CC Lamb, uh, or CD Lamb, excuse me, and Simi. Fahoko and in uh, one-on-one drills and really um, at times really didn't, didn't look like the Trayvon Diggs we had seen before. But again, you know, it's, it's just time. This this that time of year you're getting better. You're getting back in, in game shape and practice shape. And um, I don't know. I, I think you take the upside. He makes so many great plays that really changes games that he's worth the money that they're paying him. I got, I got to ask this question here. This cites the training camp you know, fall camp video of Lamb beating him deep. Is there any video or any statistics from last year that led us to believe this? I, I haven't seen any. Well, yeah, pro, according to Pro Football Reference. He, okay, he, did I miss that? He, yeah, he gave up more yards and coverage. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he gave up more yards and coverage than any other uh, any other corner. I mean, and, and to me, I, I think that does go back to exactly what you were saying, Jay. He's just... Uh, He's a guy that will take some risks, and uh, I think the Cowboys will live with that. 
And it, it it is really funny. You see these like these little snippets get uh, a video get released on Twitter, Matt, and uh, uh, who's a safety from Notre Dame? Kyle Hamilton. Kyle yeah. Hamilton. Uh, that uh, that the 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 um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm just having a a, a senior moment here. Uh, Kyle Hamilton plays uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. And they showed a, a clip of him. He he's a safety, uh, you know. Uh, apparently, runs like a four three straight line. But man, this like backup, I don't know, uh, undrafted uh, free agent wide receiver just toasted him. Just toasted him. And uh, and the reaction was like, oh. Kyle Hamilton can't play in coverage, Jay. <laughs> it's oh, just wow. like it, it, it was unbelievable that that people are taking these again these just one little snippet of coaches tape from early August and then extrapolating. Oh, this guy never be able to be any good in coverage. I don't know if you saw that Kyle Hamilton clip or not, Jay. I did. I saw it, and um, yeah, it's crazy. Again, I mean, these guys, I mean, one-on-one coverage, they're all put on islands. Alabama plays it that way as well. Gives you better run support and uh, things that you can do in the secondary. And, uh, man, you you try to defensive back, and, you know, the receiver knows where he's going. They're making all adjustments. And and he is uh, a guy, again, that can make those big plays for you, as you said earlier. But, yeah, this is um, crazy. Uh, But, you know, this is part of football. I mean, you're going to get criticism for certain things and – um, you know, things are going to come out and, um, you know, people are going to make, make waves about crazy stuff at times. Well, my thing is always go do it yourself and see what it's like. It's tough to play the game. <laughs> well, and, and particularly the positions that we've been talking about, you're on an island, you know, a lot of times you're in yeah. man coverage, you know, you misstep just a little bit. They're blown by you. By the way, those wide receivers, Lars, they're pretty good too. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yes, there, there's they a reason are. Lamb toasts you. And he's yeah, going to eventually see, this year toast I, I, every cornerback he plays. CD Lamb is going to have a really big year, and I know Dallas has been hit hard uh, with injuries at, at the wide receiver position. But I, I think Lamb is going to emerge as a definite number one overall. So Jay, right now, if if you had to, could you cover like if you and Langham switch positions? Right, you're the DB, Langham's a wide receiver. Heck. Matt Coulter is the quarterback. Could you get open? Or no, I'm sorry. Could no? Could you stop it? Because you would be the corner. What do you think? Not now. Heck no. Not now. I might could have. Not now. Oh, you just blitz. I can. I can still spin it. It's only about 15 yards. Corner blitz. (laughs) Well, be interesting to hear Langham. He would go off and go down. Anyway. Oh. David. Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa News. See how slow he writer. Yeah, he does. And he, and he talks slow, and I don't mean that in a negative way. He's very calculated. And as a result, he doesn't misspeak. And that that's a good characteristic, by the way, in this business. Uh, Nick Kelly from the Tuscaloosa News is coming up in a couple of minutes. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The 
best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partially sunny, scattered showers and storms around through early tonight. The high today, 90. Tonight's low, 72. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms during the day. The high tomorrow at 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 87 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Parker Show with Jay Larson. Matt, thanks for tuning us in. We are joined now by Nick Kelly, who's the beat writer for Tuscaloosa News. Appreciate him taking a minute because today is a player availability, so he, he may be spacing us in here between Will Anderson and Bryce, although I think they might have been yesterday. Hey, Nick, it's the gang here on the Jay Barker Show. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me. How are you guys doing? Oh, I, uh, everybody's good here. You know, this... Our audience is anxious for Alabama information. Uh, not to jump anything ahead of your print, but uh, who did you talk to today and anything we can look forward to reading about in the Tuscaloosa News? Yeah, so Bryce Young uh, was up today. Uh, he's a little hoarse, actually. He, he uh, apologized for his, his voice being a little shot, but um, he pushed through. Uh, he, he managed to still talk for about 12 minutes, so I appreciate him uh, kind of getting through whatever he's dealing with, but uh, and then Cooley McKinstry we got to hear from for the first time today, of course, with the Alabama's policy of, you know, freshmen are not made available to the media. Uh, we did not hear from Cooley last year, uh, but got to hear from Cooley today. And uh, kind of the theme this week with uh, Ja'Cory Brooks was was up yesterday. Um, so we're getting getting uh, kind of those, those freshmen, really the two, you know, big players in the Iron Bowl uh, down the stretch there. Of course, Ja'Cory had that catch and Cooley had that breakup in the end zone. Uh, so yeah, kind of good to hear from them and see some fresh faces and, and, uh, one, one takeaway, kind of a, some smaller news, if you will, but Kool-Aid, uh, when he came here was considering playing basketball, but, uh, he will not be playing basketball. He said after thinking about it, cause he even practiced with the team a little bit last year, but, uh, basketball is not in his future. He's going to be focused on uh corner, which is uh, a bit of a battle going on right now there. Uh, Nick, sorry about the delay there. Uh, yeah, Lars Anderson here. And um, so I went to college in Minnesota, and I know you are from Minnesota. I went to St. Olaf College, and then uh, you went on to uh, Missouri School School of Journalism, great school. And then uh, Boston Globe, Tampa Bay Times, Minneapolis Star, uh, Star Tribune. Um, so I I remember when I had my holy blank moment when I moved down here for the first time and realized <laughs> that uh, the passion for college football is a little bit different here than anywhere else. Uh, and I'm curious just for you on a personal level, like when did it hit you? Like, oh man. And, and especially the fact that you are, 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 you're, you're in the belly of the beast there in, in Tuscaloosa. Uh, when did it first hit you? And can you describe that for us? Well, I'll answer that question, but uh, did I hear incorrectly? Did you go to St. Olaf? Is that the right? Uh, a, where did I'm you go to school? Holy, in yes. Okay, that's right. I thought, I thought uh, so. I, but, I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and then I'm, I'm from I'm from Lincoln, Nebraska, originally, and then uh, then I went to grad school in, in New York. But uh, but yeah, I spent some time in Minnesota. 
Man, small world. I, I did a, uh, a lineman camp uh, when I was ninth to tenth grader at St. Olaf. So uh, crazy how things kind of kind of go by like that. Um, small world. But uh, to answer your question, <laughs> that's great. Uh, I don't I don't know if I can put it to one moment exactly, but uh, if there is one, I think it might be when Nick Saban last year at Hey Coach went on uh, the rant about self-absorbed fans. Um, I usually go most, most weeks and, and sit in the restaurant and cover it from there. Um, and I tell you, that was a, that was an experience. Uh, of course I, that wasn't the first rant I'd heard, but in terms of just the passion that fans here have, I mean, the more like he, I think he went three, four minutes, he kept going, but the, the more energized he got, the more cheering he got. And just even these fans were, I mean, he, he kind of was talking about them to an extent, but they, they loved, they loved Nick Saban so much. They were cheering him on. So even when he was ranting about some of those people, he kept cheering, and, or they kept cheering, and and it was a very uh, unique experience. It's like, yep, I am, I am in a town that loves uh, this coach in college football. Nick Kelly, our guest, and for the News dot com and uh, News. Hey, uh, you had a great article today talking about a topic that is everybody's kind of dealing with right now. That's scheduling. I'd love to ask you about that and, and just kind of get your thoughts on how how soon do you think and do you think that eventually the SEC will get to a nine-game schedule because it looks like they're leaving a lot of the contracts kind of open-ended uh, or at least a way or clause to get out of these contracts with some of these schools if they end up going to a nine-game conference uh, schedule. Yeah, I mean, the timeline's a good question. We, we don't know that exactly, but that's why Alabama set up the contracts the way they did because it's what-if language. It's, okay – this could happen and because they started signing these contracts with this good faith clause where it said, Hey, if conferences change, scheduling changes, you know, if there are adjustments um, that, you know, we will have good faith discussions about rescheduling this game. And so, so that adds the ability to move it without there being some penalty. And, and really once, once that was added, uh, that allowed Alabama to be really nimble because they have through, I think it's 2025 through 2034. They have every year, two non-conference power five opponents. And uh, so that's, that's a full schedule. And so really if, if the SEC does move to nine SEC games, I mean, that would be 11 power five opponents, which is a ridiculous schedule. And unless other teams in college football are doing that, you don't want to do that because that's going to put you in a tough spot when it comes uh, CFP time. And so whatever does happen, Alabama can adjust, can be nimble. It's going to be a tricky puzzle for Greg Byrne, but he has the ability because of that, those contracts now, when that will happen, I don't know, but I think some kind of decision. Greg Sankey had said in Destin in June at the spring meetings that uh, maybe late summer, early fall, there would be a decision. But, uh, again, there's no time to what has to be done by this point. Uh, Greg Byrne told me back in June that he thinks it will probably be solved by the end of the calendar year as far as what the future of conference game scheduling will be. But, again, it, it's a lot of we'll see kind of things, but at least Alabama can be flexible and be nimble. Nick Sellers, Tuscaloosa News beat writer of the University of Alabama, is our guest. Uh, Nick, in the 12 minutes, although it uh, be somewhat hoarse, uh, did Bryce Young drop anything noteworthy on you? I mean, <laughs> it depends on what you determine is noteworthy. I mean, he had some interesting insights about the receivers, and, of course, he, he tends to be very um, you know, kind and just uh, he highlights the good things that he sees. Um, and so he, But he, it sounds like that he's really enjoyed the additions of Tyler Harrell, Jermaine Burton, some of the receivers. And, I mean, especially for him, it, you know, he's returning to the Heisman winner, but 
he's got kind of an entirely new cast of characters. His top three receivers, reception-wise, they're all gone. And so he kind of has to start from scratch with this new group. And uh, so I think that, yeah, he, he's optimistic about where things are going. We'll see what happens uh, with this group and how they develop. And because there is a learning curve, even when you come in. And, you know, I think Jameson Williams and Henry Toto kind of set a, set a high bar uh, last year with, hey, you can come in and be really impactful and really good right away. Doesn't mean everyone will be. And so there is a learning curve. And, and we'll see how those receivers adjust because that's going to determine, I think, a lot how well this offense does and this team does early on in the season. Again, Nick Kelly, our guest with Tuscaloosa News. Nick, just as far as NIL right now and everything that's going on, the, the uh, high time traditions they put out uh, for subscription base for the average fan to be able to get involved and, and to really create, uh, I don't want to call it a war chest, but um, ability to raise money in order to recruit these kids in. And uh, they're talking about with these collectives, a certain amount of money toward each player. Kind of what are you hearing uh, out of Tuscaloosa, not only from just the news and, and the fans, but from the players themselves with this, with all the NIL that's happening right now. Yeah. I mean, I think it's exciting times. Of course, this change and there's a lot of negative that you hear about or comes from it, but I think a lot of people are excited about it because they're able to get compensated for their name, image, and likeness. I remember uh, back, so I, I went to school in Missouri, as we talked about before, there, there was a story that a good friend of mine named Alex Schiffer wrote um, about how uh, Drew Locke, I believe it was, or maybe it was Drew or Kelly Bryant, but basically their quarterback at the time uh, had to like actively make sure that um, there wasn't certain merchandise out there uh, related to him, even if he wasn't the one selling it. Uh, but because you know players could not in any way have that kind of thing out there, I mean, they're just kind of it was crazy to the restrictions mm-hmm. before now, and so now the guys in Capitals like Kool Aid talked today, Kool Aid McKinstry. Talked about. I asked him about his, his deal with Kool Aid and kind of what that meant. He said it was really big to him and, uh, and just how fun it was because everyone calls him Kool Aid. That's his name. And uh, well, I mean, his name's really Quincy, but uh, as far as what everyone's calling for forever, it's, it's Kool Aid. And so there's, I think there's just some really good opportunities and some people, um, some players getting some worthy opportunities and some things that they're excited about. And so I, I think, you know, there's a lot of folks in the negative of it and the change of it. And it is different. I think there's no doubt that, as people have to say, some guardrails need to be put in. Um, but I think there's a lot of positive that is coming from it and can come from it. Nick, tell how tell people how they can follow you on on your Twitter account and uh, also get in touch with you and read the Tuscaloosa News. Yeah, I mean, just at underscore Nick Kelly. Uh, unfortunately, at Nick Kelly uh, was taken before I could get it. Uh, that's me on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, TuscaloosaNews.com. Check out uh, my work, uh, Chase Goodbread, our talented columnist. Uh, Drill Russians got recruiting and high school coverage for us, and so just all kinds of good stuff there. Um, and uh, would love for anyone to read our stuff and uh, appreciate the the support. And that's where you can find our, our our stuff. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate it very much. Yeah, thanks, thanks Nick. Nick. Awesome, good. Yep, stuff. Really, really good stuff. So, am I, am I led to believe he was an offensive lineman if he went to camp at uh, your college. I think so. Olin, Oli, he's an O line on Oli. What did you call it? A holy Oli. Holy Oli. All right. Yeah, I'm a holy Oli. How many people tell? went to that school? Yeah. How many? What was your enrollment? Like 1,500, 2,000? Uh, it was like 2,800 when I graduated. Yeah. So wow. it's, it's pretty small. It's about uh, about 5,000, or sorry, 500 per class. No. You're listening. 700 uh, per class. Yeah, don't ever challenge me with math. I'm can I challenge you with what's coming up next? Is it the AAA? It is. With. With Alex. even with a with a report too, yeah, uh, on scene report. 
You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continued training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205 716 Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country. And Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. 
It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC letter O. Back to the Dave Barker Show, Matt Schulter, Mark Anderson, Dave Barker. And also with us has uh, been our long-term intern. What, what has it been out? Maybe a couple of months now since you've uh, joined us from the uh, UAB Broadcast School? I think it's been three. Three? I just time flown by or is it dragged <laughs> wow no comment no comment <laughs> i guess i guess uh that, okay, that would be well, dragged by um drugged by dragged by today well it's national book day so you should know all right i threw that one out there early <laughs> thank you uh you went down to the uab practice today uh our friend ted feeler took care of you uh, kind of ushered you around just give us your initial thoughts on on covering a practice it was really fun to watch all the players interact and uh, what was happening behind the scenes for the new season. Anybody jump out at you? Uh, all the quarterbacks looked really good today. They were making uh, good passes. Uh, Hopkins looked really good. Zeno looked good. How about the new head coach? Uh, we were talking to Steve Irvine the other day, and uh, he said that, man, he just carries himself like a head coach. He really has control of that team. I mean, uh in the middle of practice, he called them all over, and he started fussing at them about being more individual rather than being a team. And you could definitely see after he fussed at them, there was a difference in the practice. Well, that's uh, that's a good thing. They're listening to their coach. And you, you know what uh, we talked about, I think, earlier this week, or maybe the end of last week. You're going to get fights. I mean, it's going to happen. I think we were talking about in the NFL camps, and I think you're probably going to get more at that level because guys are trying to make a name for themselves, or they're too young not to know uh-uh, this isn't a good time for a fight. But it, I mean, it's hot. Lars, it's hot. It it's like somebody went after your knee. Man, gloves come up. So, anyway, uh, back to your report. Um, did you did you see anything from the defense? Uh, observe anything we might want to know from that side of the football? Um, so, uh, they had their heads down a lot when they were getting drove, drove down the field on by the offense. Coach talked about, about that. At the end of practice, you know, there's that. Uh, bad body language. Bad body language. Gotcha. That's uh, that's something you can't have. You always have to have a winning, winning body language, even when things are going wrong, uh, even when, um, gosh, things are, <laughs> are pretty awful. Maintain a good body language and always look everybody in the eye and uh, have a spine of steel. That's my advice. Well, thank you, <laughs> Coach Anderson. <laughs> yes. Hey, you got something for our intern? You got something for uh, – you're not an intern anymore. You're our reporter. Alex. <laughs> yeah, how did the quarterbacks look? Uh, they all looked really good. Uh, Brian Vincent didn't – I they were asking about who he's be the starter. He didn't answer. He said uh, everybody looked good. Uh, Dylan Hopkins was the first player out with the first-team offense, just to keep an eye on that. Looks like he's going to be the starter. 
Well, he was yeah. most of last year, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very talented. How about we dive into AAA? Put it in gear, baby. All right, let's do let's do number one. I wish we had like some music intro. Dun dun dun. <laughs> All right, let's do triple A. A New York Jets tackle Makai Becton is out, likely out for the season after suffering a kneecap fracture. Coach Robert Sala Robert Sala told reporters on Tuesday I suffered a knee injury in week one of last season that held him out for the entirety of it. This is just a absolutely brutal knee injury. Um, he was a first-round draft pick uh, last year, uh, got hurt in game one, missed the rest of the year, and now uh, suffers a kneecap fracture in camp, Jay, and uh, he's gone for the year again. So he's essentially going to go two full years without playing, and uh, this was going to be a player that uh, they believed was going to be a, a cornerstone on that offensive line for the Jets. And boy, you you, you just you hate these you hate these uh, um, training camp injuries. But this is just a, a real devastating blow for the Jets, Jay. Yeah, I don't have a lot more to say. We'll keep moving on. But yeah, a huge blow and huge blow for uh, running backs, quarterbacks, and. Just when you, that front, the trenches is where you win games. And to lose anybody up front, to lose that depth, is not good for any team. Number two. The Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens signed kicker Justin Tucker to a four-year contract extension for $17.5 million in guarantees, which is a record for a kicker. Uh, he's the most accurate kicker in NFL history, making 91.1% of his kicks and also record for the longest field goal at 66 yards. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of money to give a kicker, no question about it. But uh, if anyone deserves this, it's Justin Tucker. Um, yeah, I mean, he uh, yeah, is going to earn an average of $6 million per season, uh, Jay, to kick a little ball through uprights. But uh, did you think his – you know, I, I know Jason Tucker is – or Justin Tucker, excuse me, is beloved by his Ravens teammates, but you think they'll give him a little bit of a hard time after he signs, signs this deal? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, but in a good way. Um, they, they realize how important he is. What, a million dollars more uh, per year than any other kicker? Uh, more than um, uh, first season than any other kicker out there right now. Uh, if you look at the, the contract too, Tucker, he had two years left on the current deal. Now signed through 2027, will receive a signing bonus. Option bonus is a total of 11.5 million. And according to the source, the extension also includes a 17.5 million guaranteed, which is 5 million more than any other kicker in the NFL. So good for him. And he, I mean, look, kickers, you can say whatever, but man, they're, they're, you love them when they make them. It's when they miss them. You, you know that that's when the guys in the locker room get upset. Uh, just do your job, and he's done it for years. Is uh, you just brought up Alex that ninety-one percent unbelievable. I don't know that anybody, uh, Ravens faithful, can give him a hard time because he's not going to miss. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and look, Bengal fans are already freaking out because uh, the feeling is that there's no way we'll sign Evan McPherson after this deal was signed by by Tucker. Oh, well, they can sign it. They're just going to have to come up with a cash. The young man from Fort Payne, Alabama, sock capital of the world. Number three, uh, Central Phoenix's game against IMG Academy will be nationally televised by ESPN. You saw that. Not all that unusual for them to uh, start the season with a huge high school football game. Remember many, many years ago, Jay, you probably do too, when, um, oh, uh, what was uh, Tim Tebow's alma mater? Uh, down there from uh, Ponte Vedra. Oh, my gosh. Came up yeah, and played who? Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, but, uh, and man, I think it was like 58 to 45. They lit him up, and I think Hoover won it, didn't they, Jay? Do you remember? Long time ago. Yeah, he went to Nice, uh, which was in Pointe Nice, yeah. Nice, yeah. I can't remember who won that game, actually, to be honest with you, but I remember watching Tim Tebow, just, you know, hearing about him and wanting to see him play. And uh, I, I know Hoover put up a big battle against him, but uh, that was a great showcase. I, I don't think he had uh, committed at that point. Uh, if if my and that man, that's a long time. Boy, this is back in two thousand five. Yeah, yeah, yeah he had not committed. Going way, going way back. Uh, yeah, the um, Hoover won fifty to twenty nine. Nine thousand fans there, uh, national TV audience, and uh, it's the first high school football game ever on ESPN. Um, and it was actually it was at Hoover Stadium. It wasn't at the mm-hmm. Met, which is usually where they right. play these. But anyway, do you have a number four? I do. Roquan Smith has requested a trade from the Chicago Bears in a statement on Tuesday. He said the new front office regime doesn't value me here. They refuse to negotiate in good faith every step of the journey. It has been take it or leave it. Who's this again? A Roquan Smith linebacker from Georgia. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Um, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really have too much to add to this one. Uh, I know they've been trying to work on an extension for a while, but uh, uh, he is a special player, and it's surprising to me that the Bears wouldn't kind of give him what he wants, but he could end up uh, going to the Ravens, the Broncos, uh, boy, a couple other uh, places that they would love Roquan Smith. Jay, are the Bears kind of a mess anyway? They are right now. I mean, I think, you know, this for them – a major, you know, right now kind of blow to the fit of them on the field, but it could also uh, really land them a good trade and help kind of, um, you know, uh, do things that they need to do on that defense side of the ball or even on offense side of the ball. But uh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're not not the Bears of old. All righty then. Do you have a couple more? We're going to take a break and come back if you've got some in the uh, locker room. You got something left there? I do. All right, good. All right, you have uh, got Alex Bauman on the Jay Barker Show with Alex's awesome anecdotes. Continuing. You're listening to the Jay Barker Show live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Partially sunny, scattered showers and storms around through early tonight. The high today, 90. Tonight's low, 72. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and sunshine with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms during the day. The high tomorrow at 89. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 87 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Oh, oh, oh. Back on the Jay Barker Show. There's your segment music. <laughs> Alex. Awesome antidotes coming up. You've gone through, what, three or four? Yes, Bring sir. up another one. In a face-to-face meeting with the Brooklyn Nets owner, Joe Sy, Kevin Durant reiterated his trade request and informed Sy that he needs to choose between uh, Durant or the pairing of the general manager, Sean Marks, and head coach, Steve Nash. And then Joe Sy, after that broke, tweeted, Our front office and coaching staff have my support. 
We'll make decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. I would like to see them win. I don't know with what personnel. I like their name to begin with. Uh, I like the Brooklyn Nets. You're the NBA guy, Alex. What is this going to do? Definitely there's going to be a fracture in that entire team. I don't think they're going to be successful if they keep Durant. Yeah, I mean, Durant's got to go, but what can you get for him? Probably not very much. And I'm sorry. I'm just so tired of Kevin Durant. I'm so tired of Kevin Durant. Just, Just play ball, dude. Uh, and look, he, he, he's amazing. He's amazing, amazing player, but, uh, he was a part of this, uh, sort of movement, this player movement led by Kyrie Irving to get to, uh, Brooklyn along with, uh, James Harden and it didn't work out. And now what's he want to do? He wants to take his, uh, ball and go home. And it's just like, come on. Uh, I, I, I'm, I have really soured on Kevin Durant over the years uh, just because of uh, yeah, he, his shenanigans are ridiculous. You, you know, he goes on to Twitter and, and, and poses as somebody else to defend Kevin Durant. He's what done, a goober. done that multiple times. Like, come on, have, uh, you're, you're, you're going to be criticized. But, uh, Jay, your reaction. Yeah, I mean, for him to want to say, look, I'd trade me or fire Steve Nash and Sean Marks, I, I don't know. Man, that To me, I, I can't imagine doing that to a coach or to my teammates. I think you let the organization deal with it. You may come in and, and talk to the general manager, the owner, and, and you know, kind of give your thoughts about certain things or things that you think could change. But for this to become public and for this to get out there, Alex is exactly right. He's got to go. I mean, you, yeah, how, how do you stay around? How do you keep the team chemistry? And, you know, and as an organization, uh, a guy like Steve, I mean, Steve Nash, a great player. And, you know, look, he's still learning as a coach. But um, th- that's a big ask by him. And a lot of, uh, I think what he thinks, he has a lot of control. I-, I just don't think as owners you should give any player that kind of control. No, that's the uh, tail wagging the dog. Is he worth anything right. yet uh, anymore, Alex? I mean, he has to be worth something. If Rudy Gobert is worth like five first-round picks. Yeah. But uh, but I I don't know like I never want anyone to lose their job, right? And I I understand like uh, Sean Marks the GM and Steve Nash they have plenty of money, but why would you do something like this? I mean uh, Marks especially he's he's a he's a well respected front office leader, and Durant has this long term relationship with Nash, and if I'm I believe I'm uh, correct in saying this that. That it was Durant who wanted Nash to come into Brooklyn, or it was the players because, uh, it, but and also Kyrie Irving said, "Ah, we're so good, we don't need a coach," which was just a <laughs> crazy talk. But um, but yeah, I mean Nash had zero prior coaching experience, and and uh, certainly he must have had the approval of the of the superstar player on the roster, and that would be Durant. Uh, when he uh, joined the the organization. And now for Durant to turn around and say, I want both of these guys fired, it, it, it's just, uh, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't sit well with me. None of us actually. 
All right. Uh, is there a chance you still have one on deck? There is. NBC Sports' Peter King reported that one influential NFL person told him that the contract with Deshaun Watson doesn't sit well with other the other 31 owners in the league, and then saying it's rigged because he rigged. can only lose a only lose a fraction of his uh, contract this uh, season. No matter if it's a six game or a full game season, he's not going to lose a lot of money, Lars. Was that a successful um, appeal? I, I, I think he ultimately will uh, get about twelve games uh, suspension, probably a ten million dollar fine in that vicinity, and then he will lose game checks for those twelve games. But when you're talking about a two hundred and thirty million dollar guaranteed contract, this is like four drops in the ocean. I mean, <laughs> it's nothing. It is nothing, and I know uh, general managers are upset with the Browns uh, all around the league because they gave him this massive, fully guaranteed contract. Fully guaranteed. I, I think the number was large for the other owners, but the fully guaranteed is what really stung, yeah, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. And I think, guys, the thing about this $230 million contract uh, that he uh, did back in March, the deal – Gave him eight point nine million as a signing bonus, but a base salary of just over a million for twenty twenty two. So I think you know you look at that, and, and as, as many people have said, they were anticipate anticipating the suspension. So that's really not going to hurt him that much. Uh, that figure will jump to forty six million dollars next year. Wow, I I got to tell they you, baked I was, it, they I was baked behind it on this one. They they knew what was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. Or Al, that sits with the other owners. Wow. And he's lost a lot of money. We don't know, but he had to settle. He's lost some money there. He I had enough I, in I, his I, bank to, I, to, to, I, to take care of that. I think he's doing all right. Oh. <laughs> um, Aren't we supposed to hear something on this very soon? Yes. I think it should. I think uh, a, a, a judgment will be rendered next week. Because there, uh, it says in the CBA that uh, they have to act expeditiously when there is a uh, an appeal. So uh, yeah, but you know, Roger Goodell is able to handpick the judge that he wanted, and uh, more likely he'll get the result he wanted this time rather than uh, what uh, the other other judge did. All right, gentlemen, you got one thirty seconds or left. Uh, it'd probably take a little bit longer for us to get into it. All right, let's just say put it in the put it in the bank for tomorrow. Uh, our thanks to Josh and to Joe and all the folks at Tide 100.9, um, Andrew Barker as well, and certainly Alex. Did you enjoy, did you enjoy your day? I did. It was really cool. interesting. Good deal. All right, Lars, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow, but you will be in the great Midwest. I will be in the Midwest doing work. Stay. Lots of steak. That's right. I hope you go there and eat fish. They're going to look at you funny over there. All right. Uh, thanks for listening to the Jay Barker Show. We'll be back tomorrow on many of these fine stations and on our streaming services at noon. Hi, this is Wes McCall.